Welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage. This podcast is dedicated to helping attorneys earn more money, get better clients, and spend more time with family. I'm your host, Alej Yajnik, founder of Law Firm Success Group. Smart business guidance for small law firms begins in three, two, one. And it's my pleasure to welcome the Lawyer Business Advantage, Chris Brickens, with the CEO of On The Map Marketing. Chris, welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage today. Ali, pleasure to be here. You know, law Firm Success Group, it's a great platform for attorneys to improve themselves. So I'm, I'm here to share some of my knowledge. Uh, we've been working with law firms for some time. So uh, it's uh, excited to be part of your uh, network. You, I think, are the first digital marketing uh, CEO of a very successful agency who did not found the agency themselves. And so tell us a little bit about <laughs> you know, how you got started and how you ended up being CEO. Yes, uh, it's an interesting story, and I'll, it involves several aspects. It involves basketball, involves Wyoming, and then it involves uh, website project management. <laughs> so I'm originally from Riga, Latvia. It's a country, Baltic states in Europe. So I played basketball, got recruited to play college basketball in Powell, Wyoming, in a junior college there. Uh, spent a year and a half there. Um, I must say it was a bit of a culture shock. <laughs> or going from Riga to Wyoming. Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> when I when I met some of my uh, rodeo team uh, teammates, <laughs> well, college mates, I was quite surprised. First, I thought it was sort of a joke, or but then I realized it's very normal attire, wearing a cowboy hats, and <laughs> you know. Then I got involved with the culture, and I really enjoyed it myself. I had a bunch of friends, and ended up with a few cowboy hats myself. Uh, but then I uh, switched schools and kind of found a little bit more scenery that was along my my uh, <laughs> my roots, which was Miami, uh, metropolitan city. Found school here, and uh, towards my senior year, got involved in a pretty serious relationship uh, with a girl that's my wife now, Monica. And Congrats. we ended, thank you. Ended up getting married and started applying for you know started my green card application process. During the process, you know, you can't really work, but you can uh, essentially start a business if you're married. And that's what I did together with my wife. We got into web development business. I had a good friend in Riga, Latvia, who's actually currently our CTO. And he pulled me into this web development thing, which seemed very common. We're talking about 14 years ago now. That's when we were doing already remote work and working from home and, you know, exploring that whole aspect. And a couple of years in uh, running our own business, I found a job at On The Map Marketing as a website project manager. So I brought my colleague. So I guess you could say I was a little bit entrepreneurially already driven from day one. And my dad's always been kind of inspiring me to run my own thing and uh, joined On The Map with this type of mindset. And uh, the founder, Rick Hoskins, was extremely supportive always looking to solve the next problem within the business. So I started with website project management. Casper's uh, the guy who I started business with. Him and I, we put our heads together and built out the department here on for web development. And then I started looking into other areas of focus, and one was SEO. And uh, we started building out enterprise-level uh, SEO program that would target highly competitive keywords, uh, because we started building out our content department, uh, customer success department, and you know, next thing you know, Rick's saying, "Hey, what do you think if you would run the company?" Uh, and uh, that was about two years ago. 
and uh, yeah, never looked back. It's been uh, it's been an exciting journey. Congratulations. Well, appreciate it. Appreciate yeah, it. It's fantastic. So, you know, kind of stepping back with uh, with a strategic view, with your CEO hat on, what do you think about the digital marketing space with regards to law firms? It seems like there's a lot of agencies. Yeah, it's de- it's definitely saturated, and I think the saturation is there because the entry level is pretty easy, and same time the demand from attorneys is high, simply because search engine marketing on PPC side can be extremely expensive. Granted, you could run search engine optimization and PPC together, but that becomes a little bit more sophisticated. And when we're talking about search engine optimization, it has its lure because everyone understands you're investing in your own, in your own web property, whether it's a website or a Google business profile, you own that. You know That's your equity and everyone wants to buy their own house. They don't want to rent forever. And essentially PPC ends up renting. It's one of the advertising channels. So the entry level is pretty easy and consultants are, a lot of them are left and right. And I think you can attract clients relatively easy too, if you can showcase some level of results. Now, given that, how do you differentiate one SEO agency from another? Two aspects. One is actual case studies, success that's proven already on existing accounts. Like if you have 200 attorney clients and you can showcase really solid putting of leads generated, cases brought in, testimonials, stuff that you can really create yourself. Like you can't fake it. You know, you can't fake it until you make it in this case. Like real transparent case studies where you see that that was a real person behind it. And then the other aspect is the actual people behind the agency that are going to be doing the work. What is their team structure? Are you going to be just a drop in a bucket and then one person will have to manage 50 accounts and they will you know, spend a couple hours here and there on your account? Or there's actual real team, real structure behind it. Like there's... It's almost like a marketing team behind your law firm that's taking your firm's needs as their own personal needs and saying, hey, I'm here as your marketing arm and I will go 150% all in to make sure we deliver the results and you see the return on your investment. So those are the two aspects I would analyze, like everything else aside. And you work with well over 100 law firms. I was trying to get the exact number, but I'm sure. <laughs> yes. And so what what does your structure look like from an account management perspective? So if you have a, what we call customer success manager, so that's a person that is basically like your right-hand marketing manager. So they're not specialized in one or the other area, but they understand all aspects of marketing. Then you have an assigned SEO tech if you purchase SEO services. So then there's also SEO tech working on your account. If it's SEO services, then you also have a link building manager. That's something we can touch on. Like link building is an offsite SEO aspect to build authority of your website. And it requires a lot of work. And some companies rely on outside third-party vendors. We believe in building our own systems and processes and building our own relationships. So you also have a link building manager that's assigned to your account. And then another two parties that get involved, but not maybe on day-to-day basis, 
There's a web developer that gets involved in your account. And also we have a content director. So she oversees all content with her assistant editors. So that's the side on SEO part. Then if you are also managing PPC services, then we assign a PPC manager that oversees your campaign's performance. Got it. And so your typical client, uh, the law firm will be interacting with the account manager primarily, Mm -hmm. I assume. Like how many clients does each account manager have as far as a ratio? So that can depend on the size of the accounts. So we have some accounts that are five digits a month. So with those type of accounts, there's they will be maxed out with about five to seven accounts. If the account's a little bit smaller, the number can be between 15 to 20. So I'd say that's about the average, like 10, 10 to 12 accounts per person. And there's a little bit of mix of a couple super high retainer and a couple smaller retainer accounts. So yeah, attorney entrepreneurs, as you're listening, that's something that you should ask, you know, your potential digital marketing company is if you will get assigned an account manager, client success manager, client care manager, it's all the same role. It's interface into the digital marketing agency. Ask them, you know, how many uh, other firms is my, you know, my client success manager going to actually be supporting besides me? Great question. Yeah. And and how frequent this communication is going to be? Are you going to be a ticket <laughs> that's just being submitted in uh, some platform like Zendesk or other support systems? Or, or this becomes like a reciprocal conversation almost every day. You can text them. You can have a conversation. They're part of your team. And we actually find more success with the high frequency touchpoint clients than the ones that sort of sit back and say, "Hey, <laughs> go go do your work, and I'll uh, you know I'll give you a call in sixty days." Yeah, so that's the question I wanted to ask you, Chris. Is uh, I know attorneys get really really busy, and mm-hmm. so there's probably a significant number of firms that when they work with you, kind of want to say, "Okay, I don't even want to talk to you. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. make my phone ring and make my email box blow up with leads." And yes. just take care of it. And then there's clients that probably are really into everything you're doing. They want to know all about what's going on and what you're doing to the website and what content you're putting out there and all of those things. If you had to describe kind of the ideal relationship that you have with a client, what does that typically look like? Mm-hmm. Ideal relationship doesn't happen overnight. I think first you have to build the trust. Um, we have an account that's been here actually in Miami and they have amazing personal injury law keyword rankings and they're local here. And we've just had this cadence for the last five years. Like, And he was my client and I still meet with him. We still follow this cadence. Um, we have a really in-depth meeting once a month. It's about two hours. Part of it is reporting and part of it is just like, brain dump like okay what have we seen in the market happening what is our competitors doing and then we kind of mix that information together to mold some new ideas or keywords we're going we want to go after or look at certain keywords that maybe are under some risks because competition's coming in you know there's the, the search engine result pages always are changing so it's you know one part is just reporting and understanding what was our lead intake like the first question is when we sit down in that meeting is like all right, how many cases you close from the leads we generated? And then he goes through his CRM and we compare what kind of cases. Like we literally had this meeting uh, a couple of days ago and it was like three vehicle cases, two slip and falls. And, and then we see that you know effort we have put in has the direct ROI. And that aspect is crucial as long as the attorney and, and, and their 
team can support that information, the attorney can be completely out of the picture. But for us as marketers, it's extremely important that we know that the leads generated are resonating to success, or maybe it's even not. And we also need to know that because the worst thing you can have is a call 60 days into a campaign and it's like, my phone's not ringing. Nothing's happening, no leads. And the couple leads you got are spam. That's a tough conversation because we missed a lot of steps in between. So it's important that that trust is built over time because with SEO, there's you have to give it, you know, depending where your site ranks right now, you have to give it at least three to six months to, to start initial to start those initial results. And that's the time we take that time to educate the client on things we're doing. Why content is important? Why domain rating is important? What is the strategy? Why we celebrate uh, keyword jumps from position 59 for car accident attorney at Atlanta to position 12 and attorney's like, well, great. But in our eyes, like, okay, we just <laughs> reached a huge milestone. We moved you from nowhere to being very close to page one. And then, you know, you enter page one and it's, it's a whole game, you know, and, and the best relationship is when that game is being appreciated and the attorney understands how difficult it is to provide these SEO results if we're talking about just SEO. So really the biggest part is alignment on strategy and feedback on generated leads to cases, like what that ratio is, what kind of cases we got, where they came from, because, you know, attorneys get referrals. They yeah, might be... Yeah, totally. The sources can be so many, you know, there can be a lot of different sources. So like that conversation and access to that data is crucial because then, you know, we build the trust and ROI and we can make better strategy decisions of what has to be done. For sure. So those two aspects are huge. And when you are talking about, and, and you do pay-per-click as well as SEO. Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so in either case, I guess SEO is easy sorry, context, talking about the <laughs> tracking. This is a topic yes. that's near and dear to my heart. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. easy. The, the client can ask, hey, how'd you hear about us? And they'll say, oh, I Googled you or you know what have you. Pay-per-click though, how do you actually tie a lead from pay-per-click to the client's, um, you know, the, the, the client systems? Yeah. Well, one AdWords system itself gives you sophisticated tracking. So we spend a good amount of time to make sure that tracking systems we set up on attorneys, we usually run traffic to landing pages. So okay. we know if you got a lead or a phone call from a landing page, which landing page variation it was, what keyword it came from. So it's it kind of isolates the efforts because the only way traffic is getting to the landing page is from our PPC campaign. It. So yep. it's relatively easy. Why does that usually drive to a lead magnet, by the way, or is it a call to action at that point? Direct response. Direct response. It's, it's okay. call to action. Why don't you share with our audience what a landing page is in case they're not aware of it? Yeah, so landing page is, you could call it an ad advertorial page that is not, unlike your website that has several menu options, landing page is heavily driven to consumer taking an action. It represents you as an attorney, specifies what practice areas you focus on, but it, you don't really go deeper into the site itself. It's more of a brochure type of site with very clear call to actions, Focusing on showcasing testimonial, showcasing your law firm, really emphasizing the urgency that they need to call you right now. Like, oh, you've been in a car accident, take action right now. Or if it's other practice areas, you know, you emphasize that urgency. This way, 
this traffic we're paying for has its maximum conversions because you know that conversion is going to be everything. Uh, if we just paid hundred dollars per click. We don't want to waste it. We don't want people to start clicking through different pages and then lose attention. It's just like, it's direct. And usually it's also on mobile. So on mobile, it's easier to push the call, like actual call buttons as the call to action. It can be like a sticky header or follow the button follows you. It's just really geared towards the consumer taking action when they land on that page. And there's really no way for them to deviate away from it. Well, that's exactly it. It's uh, when they click on that, when they click on that ad, they go to that landing page and there are no other links from the landing page except links that drive contacting the office. And that's it. Like they, they can't go anywhere or do any other research. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, 100% um, how the client ended up there. They had to click on the ad in order to get the landing page and then you get the landing page reporting. And that's how you found out. Uh, One more little technical nuance I want to mention about landing page. They usually set as no index. Uh, which means you don't want Google to index that information on search engines because then you can create, and we've seen this happening, you create two versions of your site and they're both being indexed and then that hinders your SEO performance. So these pages are always set as no index. This way, Google doesn't put it in their database. Perfect. Um, Thanks for bringing that up. The um, other question I had for you is I hear this a lot from SEO firms that it takes three to six months or six to 12 months or whatever the time frame is for mm-hmm. SEO to start to have an effect. And I, I have some ideas as to why that might be, but I'd, I'd rather just hear it from you because you know, why does it take that amount of time? Like, can't I just spend more money and get results faster? You could. And we always encourage that. <laughs> and so wh- why is it that, that that's actually an effective strategy? So there's two aspects, you, and we look at it as your website gaps, like your strategy gaps. And we actually do that in our strategy presentations. One could be your topical authority. So topical authority means your how deep your website is content-wise. So if your competitors have, let's say, 1,000 articles on on criminal defense and different aspects of the law, Google recognizes that website as highly authoritative from content perspective because they have indexed all those thousand pages. And if you have only 10 pages or 15, let's say you're just getting started or even 150, you know, that could be the case too. You still have to grow a lot of content and that costs money. You can't just dump it at once. I would say you still want to roll it out in three to six months. This way Google indexes all that information. So it becomes a labor. So that labor has to be executed content-wise. And, exactly. then the, and that's one aspect. And once now, now you, let's say you have the content, you're growing it for Google to say, okay, this content is really relevant and really good. That's where the backlinks come in. So you need to attract high quality backlinks that reference your content as authoritative source. Just like citations, when someone's doing research, you, at the end of the research, you put citations. Where did this information came from? Well, Google does that in a form of the internet. That's how Google crawls the internet, actually. It's through the backlinks or through the little anchor text that send you from one website to another one. So the backlinks are very crucial in the SEO world because now more authoritative website is referencing you know, attorney's website saying, hey, I got this information here. Here's statistics on car accidents in Miami. Oh, wow. Google saying they did something good. Oh, that means this website is more valuable. 
And this link building part is the most time consuming one because Google just doesn't want to let anyone enter the search engine result pages. Like they want to make sure you have really earned that trust to appear in those results. There's something considered like attorneys fall in the category called your money, your life category, how Google categorizes your website. And for your money, your life, the authority aspect is even more important because Google doesn't want to send people to a website where they maybe hire some fake attorney or they are basically tricked into poor service or something that doesn't exist or some kind of big affiliate scheme where at the end you're you're not working with really reputable uh, lawyer. And same happens in the health industry as well. So this this is the main reason why the time frame is so long. Google wants to see you build that authority organically. And unfortunately, the only way to build the authority is over time and gathering all that information in your website and then gathering outside information that's going to re relate to you as the authoritative source. Um, I was recently on um, another podcast and we were just talking about the host uh, mentioned that he's a, he's a writer on Chicago Daily Post. And I was like, wow, that's such a great idea. So if you, during that whole time frame, become, let's say, a, a guest writer on your local news magazine or newspaper, and you just talk about legal aspects that are going on in your, in your area, or you're doing the same thing for another type of magazine that's maybe legal-related, or just putting your name out there as an online authority, and then giving Google the option to say, oh, okay, yeah, uh, Ally Yajnik is a reputable attorney. We're seeing him in all these uh, magazines, and now we're seeing he started a podcast, and then he's appearing on other podcasts. That information gets populated, and Google says, okay, we, we're going to give this website authority because we have all these sources also talking about this person, and now, <laughs> now we can give you that trust trust uh, badge to place you in the search engine result pages, the top results. Yeah. What I'm hearing is that even if you were to drop all that content overnight and it was all there, it would still take some time because Google has to index it. And then it likes to see that this stuff, you know, kind of sticks around for a while so that it's a legitimate, you know, legitimate entry on the internet. Exactly. That's great. That's not at all what I thought it was. So <laughs> So oh, great. really? <laughs> yeah, thanks for sharing uh, that with me, Chris. <laughs> no, and, and this topic is actually very relevant right now. Um, not too long time ago, Google um, rolled out something called EAT, uh, EAT algorithm signals with the way they evaluate the website. Maybe you heard of it, which stands oh, for... no, I have not. And I bet your audience hasn't either. So you got to keep it in layman's terms, okay. please. So really what it, it says is it stands for expertise, authority, and trustworthiness. And you need to be able to reflect that on your website and in other online sources. So if I Googled your name, I'd love to see what the results I'm able to find. Am I oh, finding all the directories? Do, <laughs> do, do, you know, do I find you in other directories? Do I find you on other podcasts? Do I see you know news articles about you that are positive? Uh, and that stands for your your expertise as a professional 
And that's what Google is evaluating to make, you know, to make sure that because at the end of the day, Google wants to serve people who go on Google the best possible results. So if someone's looking for an attorney, they want to give this person, you know, most reputable attorney based on their algorithm to, to this consumer. And another factor to this is reviews. Sorry, I know this is a long answer, but I wanted to emphasize a couple of these pillars. Your Google business profile is a goldmine. I, I can't emphasize this more. You know, you have your website, that's great, but spend the time building out your Google business profile. And the reason for it is Google's algorithm proximity uh, factor. So if I type in you know, criminal attorney, family attorney, any, any keyword, wherever I'm located, Google's going to serve me closest attorneys around me in about two mile radius. I mean, the mile radius can vary, but the whole goal for Google is to serve the closest attorneys to me based on that keyword phrase. So randomly, someone will just naturally be closer to your office. So regardless of the competition, like it would be in the regular organic search results, which is really solely based on your quality of your website content and domain authority, Google business profile is a little bit, I, I don't want to use the words easier to enter, but it's more diverse and it can provide you more uh, opportunities to gauge leads. One, 40% of organic leads are coming from Google business profile. And to build your Google business profile rankings, the formula is relatively simple. Have some fundamental optimizations, right? Like make sure your primary category is the actual law you practice. If you're a personal injury attorney, personal injury, criminal, you know, basic stuff. Add pictures of yourself, of your law for office. Make it look reputable. Again, no rocket science. And generate reviews. Reviews is the biggest ranking factor for the Google business profiles. If you can go out there and you know reach out to your old clients, future clients, generate those reviews. That will pay you dividends for years to come. That's your that is a gold mine. Yeah, it absolutely is. And for those of you attorneys who uh, hate Yelp, and I know most of you probably do, <laughs> this is a great alternative. So totally work through Google reviews. That's an excellent point. Thanks for bringing that up. Chris, tell us about your podcast. Oh, my podcast. Oh, glad you asked. Uh, it's called Law Firms on the Map, and it's heavily focused on law firm marketing. I interview law uh, marketers. I've had several uh, law, uh, lawyer SEOs on. They're not actual attorneys, but they work only in the legal industry. So I talk about different aspects of uh, law firm marketing. I'm also going to have several attorneys on it or marketers that have built out highly successful attorney websites. So we get into different uh, aspects of law firm marketing. Uh, so far, the heavier topic that's been that we've been focusing on is SEO. And now I'm talking, uh, just recent episode, we talked about PPC. And then the next couple of upcoming episodes, I'll have a uh, one marketer that was an in-house marketer at Fair and Law, uh, and their website is driving like 30,000 visitors a month. So kind of using uh, two aspects, either uh, experts that come in and talk about you know their field or experts that have one specific case study, like how did they grow this website from zero visitors to 30,000 plus? So we talk about that journey. And then I want to do the same with attorneys who have hired big marketing you know, either marketing firms or built out their marketing team and just hearing their experiences and sharing those experiences, just like we talked about it today. Hey, today's day one. What, what does this look like? 
a day, you know, 1200 when you've done marketing for five plus years and you have invested significant amounts of money. You know, it's been a lot of fun, Chris, is interviewing uh, my current and former clients. <laughs> so if you haven't done that, uh, maybe give that a shot. It's it's a lot. Yes. Of- <laughs> yes, yes, that's that's on the list too. A lot of my clients are confidential, so they don't want to be interviewed. But for those that are open to it, it's it's awesome for us as hosts to be talking to our clients, and uh, just <laughs> just fun. Absolutely, very cool. So, Chris, again, what is the name of the podcast? Law firms on the map. Awesome. And if people want to reach you, what's the best way for them to do that? I'm pretty active on LinkedIn, uh, so you can connect with me on LinkedIn, Chris Brankins. Or um, you can always just visit our website, onthemap.com. Pretty easy to remember. And just submit a form and you know refer your podcast or just bring your question. I, I see the incoming forms and we have, a, for now, still a relatively small team. <laughs> I mean, we're 30 people all together, so we're still pretty close. But, uh, you know, I'd be happy to uh, connect. I love this stuff. <laughs> awesome. I can tell. And, and and you know it from the ground up, which is really cool. Chris, thanks a lot for being on Lawyer Business Advantage today. Thank you, Ali. It was a pleasure. Everyone, that's Chris Brankins, CEO with On The Mat Marketing. And that's a wrap for this episode of the Lawyer Business Advantage podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in to listen. And I want to hear from you. So connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know what you think of this episode. And if you are a solo or an owner of a small law firm, and you're looking to earn more money, attract better clients, or reduce your stress, we would love to talk with you to see how we can help. Request your free law firm assessment by visiting lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. Again, that URL is lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. We look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you for listening. My name is Ale Yajnik. Until next time, remember, you can seize freedom. You can embrace happiness. You can build your perfect practice. <laughs>